pretty sure it's cider. Mm. I'm pretty sure it's cider too, but I just thought Rich was smarter than me. We're I think just gonna roll fancy. with it. I think it's, it's fancy. fancy. I think it's fancy, but it's I think it's fancy spelling for cider. But and that's just me. It, they call it Cidre. I'm telling you, that's, uh-huh. uh, that's I, <laughs> okay. Cidre. I don't know. No, I'm I'm with you, Brian. I just thought maybe Can Rich you knew something Cidre? I did. Can you buy Cidre at Target? <laughs> Inspired by the adventures of our nurses, therapists, and techs, A Beer with Atlas is the only healthcare-traveling, craft-beer-drinking podcast. Each week, we'll open a few beers, talk about the brewery and the style of beer, and then dive into some research curated specifically for each episode. In the end, we hope each one sounds like a conversation you'd have with your friends while enjoying a few cold ones. Welcome to a special frat edition of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. I'm Brian. <laughs> Maybe the only one. Well, I guess Dolan could have been in a frat too. I, none of us. None of us were in a frat. I, I was not in a frat. No, none, none of us were. But we are drinking the official beer of Frat Boys, week two of Mainstream May, and we are drinking Heineken. Mm, Heineken. Dolan has one this week. I, I didn't drop the ball on this one. Actually, Brian, Brian hooked me up. I always have Heineken. <laughs> just <laughs> kidding. Know, just kidding. I, I know that isn't true. So it is a lager. Didn't know that. Yeah, it's European. This is my first Heineken ever. Uh, oh, I can't wait. Just uh, smell it. Just open that and smell it. Oh, no. What? Yeah. You're probably gonna love it. That's watch this. I hope not. We all this we have all this uh, spin on it, and you're gonna probably love it. It okay. So last week we did uh, a Yingling's traditional lager, which is if if you had to say like what's a lager, I would say Yingling is lager, mm-hmm. right? Which a lot of people on the East Coast would probably agree with me. Um, so this is also a lager, like uh, like uh, Brian said, produced in Holland. Yeah. I you know, I think Rich, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna actually put a bet in that you will like it just because you like Dosekis. Oh, does it taste like Dosekis? The green bottle. <laughs> I don't think does the green well, I think we will find out more about the green oh, bottle. We are gonna find out about <laughs> it today. So I think we should uh we should all give this a shot right now. Let's let's try this first before we talk about it at all. Let's get it out of the way. Heineken. Mm. <laughs> Dolan, something tells me you've had these before. Mm. Yeah. I've had them uh, probably two or three times. You know what? It's not that bad. <laughs> it's not that bad. I was, look, I seriously, seriously dreaded this episode. I was not, I didn't, I don't know what, I didn't know what I was going to expect. I yeah, why was it so negative? I don't, I think it's just a connotation, maybe. Who was drinking it that you knew about? Maybe, I don't know. There were a bunch of just dickheads that I grew <laughs> up with that, family show. Uh, not uh, really. Not really. Uh, that would just, that would drink green bottle beer all the time. 
Rolling Rock, St. Pauli Girl, uh, Heineken, and they were just they were they were dickheads. And I just didn't I just mm. I, I negative connotation the whole time with it. I don't know. Yeah, it's one yeah. of the reasons it's uh, good to pour it in the glass. Then maybe you know if I could have brought it to you, I wouldn't even have told you if we were in the office. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even have told you what this was until you tasted it. Then that would have been like Heineken. Boom. I kind of like it. It's not bad. It's got a sweetness, but not in the same way as Yingling, mm. if that makes sense. It's like More a beef. different sweetness. It's a muted sweetness. Yeah. And that you might know, just be the size of the brewery, you know? Maybe. Sort of thing, but. What, what gets me about Heineken and Rolling Rock is that the, after, the aftertaste. After you swallow and you breathe out, that's the... Hmm. I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> the smell isn't great. I don't. It is not. It isn't a pleasing nose. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Mm. It almost has. It's. It's almost like the same reason why I don't like Corona because of the the stinky skunkiness of a Corona. It almost has like baby skunk smell a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. Well, you're onto something there. Uh, Corona's in a white, like a clear bottle. Mm-hmm. And this traditionally, for a long time, was in a green bottle. Mm-hmm. We are drinking cans because I refuse to buy a six pack of this mm-hmm. um, to have any left over in my house. I just, I didn't want it. I already had a Yingling and I had some other ones that we were doing for the show. So uh, I didn't want any leftovers. So we, we got pint cans, which is, unfortunately for us, or fortunately maybe, we're drinking a little bit more than the 12 ounce bottle, but we're going to get into a little bit, but yes, you are on something as far as the smell of it goes and, and tying that into Corona um, because they are not Brown bottles. Hmm. Interesting. So uh, Heineken was founded on February 15th, 1864. So another, uh, another old, old brewery by Gerard Adrian with two A's at the end. Heineken, Gerard, Gerard, Adrian, Heineken. Uh, convinced that's a lot of letters. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, it yeah. was really hard for me not to do a Rocky there, but we're not talking. It's Holland, not Philadelphia. So right, I'm gonna stay away from that one. Uh, convinced his wealthy mother to buy De Hoiberg, which is it, it translates to the Haystack Brewery in Amsterdam, a popular working class brand founded in. 1592. 1592. I had that in my notes too. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, 1873, they hired Dr. Elion, E-L-I-O-N, Elion, who was a student of Louis Pasteur. Louis Pasteur, yeah. He's been in the news a little bit lately, right, with all the the COVID stuff and going back to, you know, some of the work that Pasteur did. Uh, He developed a Heineken yeast for Bavarian bottom fermentation. There's a bottom fermentation. Yeah. Yeah, right? That's interesting. Uh, The HBM, Heineken's Beer Bridge... I'm not even going to try. Yeah. There's too many J's. Different language. Too many J's. There's four... There's... Okay, there's only... There's four. There's four J's in these three words. That's weird. Anyway... (laughs) Weird for Americans. I get it. Right. Americans. I understand. Uh, 
uh, blah, blah, was established and the first Heineken beer was brewed in 1875. Heineken won the Medaille d'Or at the International Maritime Exposition in Paris and began shipping there regularly, after which Heineken sales topped 64,000 hectoliters. Sounds like a lot. Metric system, man. Whatever. 1.7 million U.S. gallons, making them the largest beer exporter to France. That's so, pretty cool. The the, uh, the French like their Heinekens, I guess. Um, I don't Heineken, know. As you were talking about that, Heineken for me always reminds me of Christmas because they always have good Christmas commercials. Uh, yeah, they do. Don't they have that like Heineken? Wasn't that the one that has like the five pack commercial? Mm-hmm. They wrap it up and then the guy reaches in and takes one out. Mm-hmm. And they had a, kind of a cool one about that star. I remember a couple years ago. It was very like cinematic movie. Something about the red star in the commercial mm-hmm. I remember for Christmas. Yeah. It's uh yeah it's that's that's interesting. Uh, I thought this was super interesting. The original brewery where it first started is now the Heineken Experience Museum. Yeah, I got a, I got into a little bit of that too. It was kind of cool. That's super cool. So and then I, more research there on like just how many billions of hectoliters, which you know, which it, it had been produced over the years in 170 different countries. So this might be one of the most wide reaching beers that we've ever done. I think it worldwide. is. Worldwide. Yeah. So like, I, I would think maybe, I don't know. I mean, we've never done Sapporo or, you know, any of those, but I, I think this might be one of the most widely recognized beers we've ever talked about. It's definitely the widest reaching brewery or beer holding company because they own a lot of other ones hmm. we're going to get into that hmm. um they're also like just a huge export company as well like like what you said there's 165 different breweries that they own or maintain in 70 different countries so they're making it 70 different places besides holland but then it reaches all these other places on top of that too so um they are the second biggest brewery in the world Who's After, the biggest? InBev, mm. when they bought Miller Coors or whatever, SAB Miller a couple years ago, they are the biggest in the world. And then Heineken is the second biggest. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. So they're all over the place. Um, like you said, with the museum tour, which would kind of be pretty cool to see, uh, that brewery closed down in 88, 1988. And now if you go there, it costs 21, whatever it is. I don't know if it's euros or whatever hmm. money, money uh, increment that they're using there. But you get a small taster at the beginning. Then you get two full pints at the end. They have something they call rides. They have rides in this brewery. They oh. have interactive exhibits. And then there's two full bars in there as well. So Let's you go. pretty much get shit canned. Yeah, museum, which is a, a, something I'm looking for when I go to a museum. Not often do you have that ability. Here's one of my experiences, and we've talked about this a few times. So you talk about the having the tasters and the pints or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I've done the Budweiser tour in St. Louis twice now, just because we've taken different travelers on the tour. Like it's it's a popular thing to do when we when we go to St. Louis and we watch the stupid Cardinals play. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's fun. Bush Stadium is beautiful. The, the team that plays there stinks like. Who, mm. but it's a fun stadium to go to and 
we go do the Budweiser tour, which is a fun history lesson outside yeah. of the beer and, you know, whatever else I think of their beer, whatever. But outside of all that, you get like at the second stop, you get a taster directly from like, this is coming directly out of the, you know, the, whatever they call it, you know, the tanks, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you can choose whatever you want. It's one of the most delicious things of all time. Wow. I, right off the fermenter or what? Yes. Yes. They give wow. it to you right off the thing. And you're like, this is Bud Light. Are you kidding me? This is, I, so I bet Why the you ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Mm. So the, the, I bet the Heineken that you get there at the, uh, at the experience is great. like magic. I wrote down a few of the countries that I, that they have breweries in that they own. Uh, so I'm going to hit you with a few of these and I was surprised. So these are the ones I was really surprised at Ethiopia. They have a Heineken brewery in Ethiopia. Whoa. They have one in Egypt. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where are they, where are they getting the clean water? Maybe they distill their own. Maybe oh, they maybe. have a water treatment thing there. Maybe. Okay. Um, Papua New Guinea has one, New Zealand, Slovakia, Nigeria, in Jamaica. Jamaica? Oh. Yeah, because guess what they make? Uh, Reds, they own Red Stripe. Tease next week. Red Stripe. Uh, Red Stripe. Owned by the Heineken Brewery Corp. Wow. Here's some other things that Heineken owns. Strongbow Cider. Heard of those, right? Love yeah. Strongbow. I really, it is my favorite cider. Owned by Heineken. It smells like dirty socks. But it tastes maybe delicious. Maybe there's a tie. <laughs> um, John Smith's in Newcastle. So those are English breweries. Um, not Samuel Smith's, which we've talked about before, but John Smith's is another one. And then Newcastle, like the Newcastle Brown Ale and all those. I enjoy they, Newcastle. They own that. Hmm. They own Tecate. They own oh. Soul. They own Dos Equis. Mm. We oh. talked about that last oh. time. Uh, they own Amstel. They own Svicek, which is, um, let's see, what is that? Uh, Czech. It's like a famous Czech beer. Yep. Czechoslovakia stuff. Um, Bira Moretti, the Italian beer that you'll see sometimes. That's a green bottle beer. And they own this little brewery called Lagunitas. Ah. In which we've had access to Lagunitas for a long time. I don't know if we've ever done one of their beers, but they have a lot of cool stuff. And uh, yeah, they have a they have an owning share of that. I don't think we've ever done a Lagunitas beer. No, not on this show. I don't think so. They have a lot. Twelfth um, of Never is quite delicious if you can get it in cans. Right. Did you know where they ranked on the top selling beers of 2019? Who Lagunitas? Heineken. No. Probably number two. Oh, that's close. So as of as of October 2019. Okay. The best-selling beers, number one is Stella Artois. Mm. Number, number two, Corona. Number three, Heineken. And this is, this is worldwide. Worldwide, yeah. Mm. Worldwide. I mean, they've got a huge, yeah, reach. More than, more than anything we've ever really discussed on the show. Mm -hmm. mm. So they are publicly traded on the New York Stock Exchange, if you want to get in on them. Oh. They are... H E I A. Uh, oh, I have a couple of things. Oh, one of NASDAQ. Oh, yeah, NASDAQ. Sorry, that's NASDAQ. Yep. But they four, are on the four letters NASDAQ, three letters or less yeah. in New York Stock Exchange. They're on that Sorry. one too. I just didn't write it down. Mm, okay. Um, what is it again? A, I'm going to look it up. 
H E I A. H E I A. Yeah. They had a slogan that didn't change for 30 years, which was refreshes parts other beers cannot reach. So from 75 to 2005, that was their slogan. It's kind of kind of artsy, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's not like crack a cold one or it's Miller <laughs> time. You know, it's, it's it's like some words. You're like, oh, the well, I, I got to think about this. Huh. Very European. Um, they did a pop-up bakery a couple years ago. We were talking about that bottom fermentating yeast and stuff. So they wanted to show off their yeast, and they had pop-up bakeries all around in Europe. And they baked baked different kinds of breads using this yeast, and then all the money that they got, they gave to this like European Bakers Union Guild, basically. So did like a fundraiser, tried to show off their stuff, um, what makes their beer special to them, and, which is kind of cool. I've never heard of anybody doing that before. Oh, um, it was the first beer to import into the United States after Prohibition. So when beer was coming back in, when it was uh, when it was finally legal to drink beer. They were the first one on the doorstep saying, hey, hey, guys, got some cold ones for you. All right. Um, Heineken USA. So Heineken, since it's so big, it's split up in a lot of different um, groups. And Heineken USA is its own entity, kind of. And they were the first um, to have a female CEO, CEO of any major brewery. So they were the first one. And her name was Maggie Timonay. T-I-M-A-N-E-Y, I believe is how I spelled it. Um, they are either have launched or we're going to launch something called Heineken 0.0, which is their ABV free beer. So we talked about that a few episodes back about um, NA beers. We drank one. Um, they're trying to get into that game as well. And then they're a huge, huge, huge soccer sponsor or football. If you're into that junk, the football. That's, this is probably where my anti Heineken stance will, will come seeping out of me. Mm. They've been like a, um, European league, soccer, football, whatever sponsor since like the eighties. Uh, and then they're really big here, uh, in the United States soccer, whatever the heck that's called. Um, I saw some stat, they sold like 4 million pints in the United States at these soccer games. Cause like, if you go to a soccer game or a match or whatever, you're drinking Heineken. Cause if you're doing that in Europe, that's what you're drinking too. So Ooh. it apparently bleeds over into the United States and that's like their big, big money maker for them you're not a uh, soccer fan there brian you don't uh... uh it's you know it's super boring to me mm. it's a lot of running mm. no scoring no thank you I, I will give you this so uh, uh our friend and uh client manager bippin here in the office mm -hmm. who is a huge huge soccer fan mm -hmm. took me to talked me into going to the uh world cup finals a couple of years back at a uh, at a taco place down corner kick corner kick yeah all right yeah great tacos by the way made our top five taco Ooh. tuesday tacos uh, just recently crossover but, uh yeah total crossover hello uh i didn't think it was going to be any fun i thought you know what i'm gonna go with my friend bippin and hang out and have some tacos and drink beer it was a blast hmm i mean and, I, I know there's passionate fans it's kind of like hockey for me. I probably just don't understand the rules enough to like really get into it. That, yes. I was never really a huge soccer fan. Well, I'm still not a huge soccer fan, but when the uh, women won the World Cup, the World Cup yeah, yeah, 
I was, I was watching them like crazy. I mean, it was on in the office and I'd find myself watching like full on games and looking up rosters and seeing where the next one was being played. Mm. Um, and that was the only, like, that was as close to soccer as I got. Soccer fever. I just, I haven't caught it. I played soccer once uh, for one year. I think it was in, uh, let's see, it would have been 1988. And it was, oh boy, I was like uh, nine years old. And it was right when I was having this hip problem, which I still have to this day, but that's when they found out about it. And I couldn't run. Like it hurt too much to run. So they put me in goalie. And uh, goalie's pretty boring, especially when you're in third grade or whatever. And uh, no one comes to hit, nobody can kick the ball long enough to even get it to you. So I was standing there and all of a sudden uh, I felt something on my arm. And I looked down, and there was a yellow jacket. It was in my mesh jersey from the YMCA. And it got in there and it couldn't get out and it stung me a couple times. And uh, that was the only time I remember my dad being at any of my sporting events and he carried me off the field because I was crying like a little baby. That's <laughs> probably why I don't like soccer. <laughs> Very nice. Stupid so, yellow jackets. <laughs> that's what happens, man. It got all, luckily, it wasn't a murder hornet. Yeah, I was just going to say, luckily, it wasn't a murder hornet. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last episode. We talked about it so far today. Uh, green bottles. Normally, we'd be drinking this in a green bottle. Uh, so I wanted to get into it a little bit because it's kind of a, it's a hot topic a little bit for craft beer people mm-hmm. uh, and in a way that you might not expect. Um, and then there's a lot of misnomers about green bottles, basically just from the lay person about either should you drink them, should you not, it does it taste different, that sort of stuff. So I want to get into that a little bit and then we can kind of talk about it. But um, they started putting it in green bottles in 1884. So before that, what did you say they were founded in the 60, 1860s, something like that? Yes. So about 20 years after they're founded, they um, start putting them in green bottles and this is like a scientific thing if it's in a green bottle that usually typically leads to some sort of flawed beer because green glass and clear glass do not protect from uv rays uv light and when uv hits hops it creates that skunk smell so it it scientifically does this thing there's a reaction between the light and the hop in there and and all beers have hops so you can't it's not like you're an ipa or something every beer's got hops for the most part and that's going to have some sort of reaction um and because of that it makes it smell and it makes it taste different so whenever people drink green beer green bottle beer that's something they will say you know it tastes skunky or you, you can just tell a green bottle beer even if you pour it out from the bottle into a glass you will taste that that flavor which is something I don't know if I haven't had a Heineken in long enough to know if we're getting that sort of thing in this can. I don't think we do. Um, so I think it would probably taste a little bit different in a bottle had we had some. It's definitely the- different because the, the only way I've had it is in the bottle. Right. And so um, I'd say it's, it's a lot cleaner than, it's, yeah, than I remember that, that it. Sense. Well, you know, like sense of smell will, de- will definitely affect your taste. Yeah, it's the first thing that tastes really is your nose. Right. Yeah. So that's something that they've just always had. It's basically a sulfur is what happens. It creates a sulfur smell, uh, which then your, your taste buds pick up on. It doesn't necessarily change, change the flavor so much of the, of what you're getting. Um, it's just how it hits you at the beginning, I guess, is your smell. Then it affects your taste buds. Um, but 
it's like a history thing. It's like something they've always done. It's their identifier. And some of the other, you know, like we talked about Rolling Rock and some of those other, Carlsberg is another one out of South Africa, I think. Um, green bottle beers, they just, they stick with it. Um, some of the other places that use green bottles, and this is where it comes into craft, is fancy uh, famous saisons. So a lot of craft breweries in the United States um, that are saison breweries, actually a term that just, they just make saison beers, right? Or farmhouse styles, funky yep. beers. They use green bottles on purpose because they want that funky flavor. They want that not spoiled, but just changed um, flavor profile in, in their beers. Mm -hmm. uh, there's one that started in Florida, uh, which I wrote down, I think, did I? I'll find it in my notes, but um, they started with green bottles in their saisons and farmhouse beers, and then they stopped because customers were like, I don't want to buy this in this bottle. It's skunked. It's ruined. So they stopped for a couple of years, and then they're like, you know what? This is what we want. This is the product that that I, I believe in, and they went back to green bottles, and they've never looked back. So that's like 2008 in Florida was that place. Uh, I will. Is that Punky Buddha? Nope, because that's uh, – isn't cigar it's some it's by cigar city in those places but okay. i have it written down in my notes here um green bottles were first used by a major like beer nerdy brewery uh saison dupont if you ever bought a saison like um at a bottle shop i used to sell a lot of these when i worked at bricks um it's like the saison if you want a saison this is the world famous saison and it comes in a big green bottle and that's on purpose. And that was in 92. Um, there's some other ones that you can find on the internet. And uh, they're some of the most expensive, expensive bottles you'll see are like Cation, if you've ever seen that. Um, 1988, they started putting their stuff in um, green bottles. And those are beers like 100 bucks a bottle or 200 bucks a bottle, stuff that it's kind of like a big dick competition when you, when you see those, mm -hmm. if you get one of those and you post it on Facebook or internet or wherever your beer group is, and you're like, look what I got. Boom. Mm -hmm. It's one of those deals. It's like a, you know, grail, Holy grail beer mm -hmm. for people that are a whale. They call it in the beer craft beer uh, world, a whale, a white whale, Jester King out of Austin, Texas. We have their uh, distribution in Nebraska. They also started doing green bottles for some of their funky cause they're, they're all about Brett and funk and um, Saison's earthy beers and stuff. So if that's the style of beer you're doing, then some of those cool breweries are putting them in green on purpose. Now green glass uh, traditionally um, is more expensive. It costs about 75 cents more a bottle to get the green versus brown or clear. Um, it started for some breweries because world war II, there was just a shortage of brown glass. You couldn't get it. So they were using green as a cheaper substitute and also a way just to bottle the beer. And then it's kind of flipped over the last 50, 60 years. And now it's more expensive to get green. I have never seen other than Jester King in Nebraska, um, a craft beer in a green bottle, but maybe that, maybe that's changing. I'm not sure. Um, one, the same brewery that I forgot to write down apparently in Florida, I'll look it up. Um, started then they stopped then they started again oh here it is saint somewhere it's called in florida that's where they're back saint somewhere and they're they're one of those places that just makes funky stuff uh then i read an article about craft breweries 
and you know, what's next, what's trending. We always talk about like, what's the next big thing? You know, what's the next style? Well, there's a place in Chicago that now is in clear glass. They used to have green and now they've gone to clear because they wanted even more functified, if, if that's a, a word we'll use. Um, green glass stands out on shelves a lot. So that was another reason that people used, used to use it quite a bit. And they really weren't into like the science of it, the UV part, you know, you'd, you'd see these on shelves, not in refrigerators and stuff out in light uh, all the time. And that's still kind of, if you go to like a grocery store or a bottle shop that makes your own six packs, high V, I guarantee you there's some green bottles just sitting on that shelf, not in, not in air conditioning or, or I guess not in the fr refrigeration or anything, but um, they're just chilling and they're chilling uh, in a bad way. So that's the skunking. Yeah. Skunking. And if, if you're an American craft brewery that's making those types of beers, then you're doing that on purpose. You're looking for that green. But otherwise, that's the, maybe some of the reason that people would, would judge a Heineken or, or a St. Pauli girl or whatever, you know, those green bottle beers. Because they all have a same, yeah, they all have kind of a same taste to them. Mm -hmm. and, that's, and that's scientifically why. Which is weird that like Yingling still produces their beer the one we green talked about last yeah. week, right? In a green bottle. Yeah. And I think that's more tradition. Mm. Um, and it's also probably, the, I mean, it just depends. Like they're probably selling enough of it that it's not a huge, huge deal. You know, it's not sitting around a super long time, Sure, but it is happening instantly. And that's, that's just one of the reasons most places go with, um, if they're doing glass, they're doing brown glass for the most part. Then it's been, you know, cans. That was the new, big thing like pint cans like what this is out of that's been the craze lately is like mm -hmm. pint cans that's a show off that's a show off move like this is our power thing and now they're saying some of these breweries specifically that are making those are going back to green or in some cases even clear just to be on the cutting edge of what's next so i guess keep an eye on out i had a list of craft breweries that make green bottle beers but they were all like tiny little new um England breweries like Vermont, places like Mike Combs has probably been to, Vermont, mm -hmm. New Hampshire, like um, there's one Farmstead or something like that is a brewery I've heard of that has a green bottle, but they're mostly Saison's and, and funky beers that that sort of thing is okay. Where you want that, you're seeking that yeah. out. Yes, you're not putting this uh, IPA in a green bottle or a stout. Mm -hmm. um, you're putting maybe a fruited sour or you're putting in a Saison and that's pretty much it. Hmm. So that's kind of the history of that and, and what I know about it. Um, and I have a little bit more research to go, but I want to hear your thoughts on this. Has it changed? Does it warm up a little to you? Does it make a difference? Here's the, here's the thing. I was so, I was so completely wrong. Like, and I, and this is why I love what we do. And I love this. I hope there are, I hope the people that listen to our podcast, whether you're, uh -huh. you're a travel healthcare professional or not, the people that listen to this, and that may have had that kind of negative connotation towards it. Uh, this is delightful. I, I have no problem with this at all. <laughs> I knew None. it. Dolan was right too. We knew right. it. Right. None know? whatsoever. I've got this much left and I'm sad that it's almost gone. Yeah. I, I, it's shocking. I mean, you can get it everywhere. Yeah. yeah. I will say it, I, I do remember it tasting really gross, but it's, it's the same reason why like, Rich, when we go out to Taco Tuesday, I always get the Dos Equis Amber because I've had a negative outlook on, on the green bottle. I, for ever since, you know, 
well, before college, but we won't get into that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess well, we've already know that like you were 12 years old and you were drinking chiladas out of here. That's right, <laughs> man. We <laughs> have that on tape. Uh, yeah, I'm at uh, family barbecues. Yeah, maybe my mom said the rule is, is if I'm home with her, it's okay. It's okay. My dad might have had that rule too. And <laughs> I wasn't, uh, I didn't always take him up on that. But you know, every once in a while, you know, he liked I always me. felt weird. I always felt weird. You yeah. Know? He liked Michelob and I wasn't a Michelob fan at all. Remember the weird Michelob bottle? Oh, yeah. Where yeah, it's yeah. kind of skinny and it had like a Yep, had a little thing weird. in the middle. Yeah, that was his jam. He liked Michelob and that, like Michelob heavy, whatever that was. Which I don't even know if they make. I, I'm sure they probably still make it. I just don't think we get it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? It's yeah. I was completely wrong. I, I'm sad that I felt the way I did about them. Now I don't want to go out and buy myself a six pack, or I'm not going to go like buy Rolling Rock or St. Pauli Girl at this mm-hmm. point. But the green bottle thing makes a ton of sense now. Cool. Well, that's what we we're hoping for. Um, the last, I think they even sell these at like maybe Omaha Storm Chaser games. Can you get like a big, tall Heineken can? Oh, you can get the 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 giant, yeah, things, like yeah, the, like the mini keg. Almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can get those. Yeah. Uh, I guess if you're gonna have to drink Heineken, my advice is get it in a can or on draft. Because yep. then it won't have that green bottle. But I would I would invite you to try it in a green bottle sometime if you get a chance, just to taste it and see how different it is. To see how different it is. Yeah. yeah. Now, at a baseball game, it's particularly the Omaha Storm Chasers, where it's hot outside and mm-hmm. our tickets are on the first base side, which is still in the sun for yeah. a good portion. Most of the game, yeah. Of virtually any game that we go to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I really – and this is, this is a horrible, horrible secret about me. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't even want to say it out loud. Uh, I enjoy the Bud Light Lime. I mean, that is no. That is my baseball go-to. It's it's yeah. just refreshing. It's just it refreshing, is. and yeah. And here's the thing: if it gets a little bit warm, it's still kind of okay. It's it is <laughs> honestly it is <laughs> kind of, and it's going to get warm because you're watching the game, you're eating a hot dog. Plus, it's 110 degrees. Okay, you're sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. If that's the case, then I'm, you, you hammer the first yeah, one. Yeah, you got to hammer that one. Yeah. Right. I want to go to a baseball game so bad. Me too. That, that's like at a band practice. Um, one, of, uh, one of our members brought in the variety pack of Bud Light, the Bud Light Lime, the lemonade, and the orange mm-hmm. or whatever, the lemon and the orange, whatever it was. Um, I just took out three of the limes and said, okay, the rest are for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know the lemonade isn't horrible i i don't know i tried a little bit i mm, i'm not a lemon fan though i don't like lemon cakes i don't like lemon drops i don't like lemon anything really hmm. you know who was ahead of the game on the lime as we're talking about this um a few years ago when i first started untapped i was just buying everything i could buy to check it in so we're talking 2012 2013 Labatt out of Canada made a lime. Labatt blue lime was Whoa. super tasty. Really? And then Miller for a while, they had one called Miller Chill. So it was their version. It was before Bud Light Lime. Yeah. And that one was way better, way better than Bud Light Lime. And they don't make it anymore, but those are two macro lime beers that I've tried before that I enjoyed too. So I, I, enjoy, I love lime. I love the lime flavor. Yeah. So starting right now, until so starting right now like there's bud light lime in my refrigerator at home okay 
as soon as the cross strain tan limes, which is their German style lager with lime flavor mm-hmm. comes out. I, I replaced the Bud Light lime with yeah. tan limes. I had so many, you know, last year was in bottles. This year will be in cans. I had so many bottles, six packs in my recycler last year of tan limes. It was embarrassing. <laughs> I was, I actually like, like rationed to the every week how many <laughs> I would so put bad. in the recycler because <laughs> I was concerned that the recycler guy might judge me. Be like, what is this? Wow, Maybe that guy drank. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> well, the last little piece I have for you um, is is personal for me, um, only because of the name of Heineken and where it's from. Uh, it ties into where my family's from. So. Um, Dutch, Danish background. That's where my family is. Uh, Peterson, P-E-D-E-R-S-E-N, just like Heineken is an E-N. Anytime you see anything pretty much with the last name of E-N, it's going to be that Dutch heritage. So I broke down my last name basically for the last piece of this research. Hmm. Um, and as it sounds like in English, basically it means Peter's son or son of Peter. P-E-D-R is how they spell that. Um, so it's the fourth most common last name in Denmark, which is where my family's from. Um, 3.5% of the population has that last name there. And it's the sixth most popular in Norway. And then I went and I did a little digging as far as quasi famous people with my last name. Cause there's not that many of us out here, especially in the United States. There's not a whole lot. Um, and I found a few that I'll talk about. Uh, I wish I was this guy. His name's Randy Peterson. He's a pro bowler and an ESPN commentator. Oh. So he does uh, he does bowling on ESPN. He talks about that. Ray Peterson. This guy was into graphic design in the mid-60s and 70s. Uh, think kind of like Mad Men sort of stuff, marketing, that sort of thing. He was um, credited with coming up with the uh, like this gas station 76 that circle, that orange circle with the blue oh, 76 in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he came up with that and created that. That's like his big lasting legacy. Um, here in Nebraska, we have a senator. His name's Dwight Peterson, or we used to state senator. He's out of Elkhorn, spelled the same with me. And then there was a guy that I used to work with um, who, his name is Steve Peterson. And he was a guitar player um, in a band called Cursive, which is famous across the United States and the world, but they're from here in Omaha. Uh, They were on Saddle Creek Records. He went to law school at Duke. So he moved down there to like the Durham area, um, started a couple of bands there. And then one of them came, then he came back to Omaha, started another band called Criteria. And uh, now he's he's an attorney uh, working and, and his name is Peterson as well. So there's not a whole lot of us out there uh, but we have this in common, which is the, he- I guess, Heineken beer was from our homeland, our motherland. So that's, should, there's not a lot. You should drink more of this then. No, I'm okay. Okay. Mm. I hmm. bought this four pack. That's, that's as good <laughs> as I can do. I still have one left. Yeah. So, so technically you still have one in your refrigerator, then you can enjoy. Yeah, I might do it. We'll uh, see. Four day. You know what? That's yeah. That's why I love what we do and and, and doing these. It's 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 really it changed my mind. It absolutely changed my mind. Good. I mean, this is this is one of those beers that you can get like at an airport bar, 
or an Applebee's or wherever you're at, they have Heineken. I guarantee you. You all know when I go to an Applebee's, I drink Coors Light, but I don't know why. Couldn't tell you why. Just always been that way. It's always been that way. A I haven't been to an Applebee's in like six years. So, well, four years. Hmm. Yeah, Probably. I haven't been to an Applebee's in six years. I'm so tired of being home. I'd go right now if it was open. <laughs> get yourself a Bourbon Street steak. They still Bourbon have Street Bourbon steak. steak. Yeah, get me a top shelf Long Island iced tea. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I remember drinking those mm-hmm. back in the day. I thought this was super interesting because I love, I love marketing tie-ins too. Like yeah. that do marketing and stuff. Uh, dating back to 97, Heineken has a long withstanding relationship with the Bond franchise. James Bond, James yeah. Bond yeah, cool. They've been featured in seven consecutive James, James Bond movies. And it's their longest current brand, global brand marketing platform god i wish i would have researched that i would have blown your brains with all this james bond knowledge i have unbelievable (laughs) like that's out of all of it like i circled that like twice because like that's that's crazy that that okay so they they latched on to that and they've been in that many bond films and it's that big for them outside global marketing platforms so outside of uefa champions league rugby formula one because mm-hmm. like that's another thing I wrote down was like their Formula One uh, yeah. sponsorship here in the United States like is is a big deal. Yeah, uh, those James Bond movies very similar to the Heineken like they're shot all over the world like on they're on set you know like they're in the places it's not a green screen they're in Morocco or they're in Nigeria oh, yeah. or wherever so just like Heineken they they got their their name out there pretty cool um, I remember like. Daniel Craig being in a Heineken commercial, don't you? Now that you think I, about kind it? of, yeah. Yeah, like which as is, James Bond. Which is super weird because you think Martini, right? I mean, that's your... Yeah, that's yeah your for sure. Shaken, but, not stirred. Right? I, there you go. Hmm. This is... Okay, this is going to blow your mind. Okay. Last week, we thought we had the largest number of untapped check-ins. Yes, we did 380,000 or something like that. 395,000 right for yeah. last week. How many check-ins do you think we've got for on untapped for Heineken? Uh, well, that makes me feel like it's more. It is more. It's more. And it's four, more by a 100 lot. Oh, uh, 415,000? I'm going to go 608,000. That's a lot. 495,000. Mm, that's a lot. So I wonder then if Heineken is number three of most selling beers in 2019, Mm -hmm. Corona and Stella are the ones above it. I wonder how many untapped checks. Corona, 482,000. So less. Yeah, so less. And then Stella, you said? Mm -hmm. Stella, yeah. Stella, Stella. 493,000. Oh, so, so not Stella. everybody that's drinking it is checking them in. That's obvious. That's right? obvious. But Stella, I, for a craft beer app, mm-hmm. Stella has, I mean, the most we've seen so far. I think, doesn't Stella also have a green uh, bottle? Maybe. The, the like, just their regular? Yeah, Stella no. Artois. Maybe. I don't remember. I haven't had that in a long time. I've never um, had a Stella. Sam, 
drinks the ciders. Yes, they have a green bottle. Oh. Okay, so now here's the thing. Like the, the Stella cider, the Cidre, delicious. Yeah. I've bought those before. Yeah, those are pretty good. If yeah. you want like you want like a really flavorful black and tan, the Cidre with with a uh, with a stout would probably be it doesn't necessarily have to be Guinness, right? Or yeah. black and tan. I'm sorry, snake bite. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, with the cider, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that's that's pretty pretty good. Yeah, I uh, I actually had a Cidre last night. I th- I, I don't mind them. I'm pretty sure it's cider. Mm, I'm pretty sure it's cider too, but I just thought Rich was smarter than me. We're I think just gonna roll fancy. with it. I think it's, it's fancy. fancy. I think it's fancy, but it's I think it's fancy spelling for cider. But and that's just me. They call it Cidre. I'm telling you, that's, uh, uh, that's okay. I'm, Cidre. I don't know. No, I'm I'm with you, Brian. I just thought maybe Can you Rich knew something Cidre? I did. Can you buy Cidre at Target? <laughs> Pinky's out. All right, three hundred and ninety-five thousand check-ins. Brian, you have checked this in twice, and you must have been hammered. Could be, or it could have been a long time ago. Or it could have been okay. Let me let me let me look and see. Check it up. Check the dates. Let's see. Uh, Brian Peterson, CHI Health Center, November two thousand twelve. That was a concert. So I'm in the Quest Center back yeah, then. Yeah, that was the Quest Center. Okay, so and then, we were both hammered and a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, July third, two thousand twelve, Stir Concert Cove. The concerts, they're always at concerts. Mm-hmm. Um, you have checked them in at a solid four. Mm. Both. Yeah, times. What did I know in two thousand twelve? Not much. Hey, you know what? It was a delicious beer at the time. Probably I raked it high because of the concert too. But I'd say this is a three five for me. Dolan, what do you think? I would rank it higher than the Yingling. Oh, that's wow. for sure. Um, I would go, uh, yeah, probably like a three, two, five. Hmm. Uh, out of four hundred ninety-five thousand check-ins, the average is two point nine two. So, hmm. uh, you know, I three. I don't three and a half. It's the same as the Yingling, I think, but from a from a. It's pretty close. Yeah. Here's the thing. I think going off of off of my memory, uh, the Heineken in the bottle. I, That's I like probably, a two. It, it would be really low, right? Yeah. Okay. If we're talking right now in the can, yeah, I'd go like a three, three, two, five. Um, I would drink this yeah. again out of the can. Right. Let's put it I'm that way. Thinking, like, if there were a waiter here, I would be pointing, like I'm pointing right now, like I'm yeah. pointing at the can, like. <laughs> Another one. One more? Two more? What, two more two rounds. Two more? Right? <laughs> I'd be given that. I'd be given that. Yeah, with the with the two more over here. It's gotta be the second most popular thing to do in Amsterdam is drink Heineken's, I would think. If I were in Amsterdam, that's yeah, yeah. Just throwing that out there. Right? Would the it even be popular. the second most popular? Well, there's Freets, right? I don't know. I've never been there, thankfully. Hash bars would be the most, maybe. I don't know. It, there's a lot of things that you could do in Amsterdam. <laughs> Amsterdam sounds pretty magical, quite honestly. <laughs> For three married dudes, I don't know if uh, if we're going to get the same out of it. We could still get into trouble, though. I guarantee we you that. Still go and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to a hash bar. and uh... <laughs> It might not be crab legs and Jameis Winston stand-ups, but we'll still get kicked <laughs> out of a place or two. <laughs> 
maybe not. <laughs> man, maybe not. I, I again, I'll, for the third time, man, that I'm so happy we've done this. Now, here's the thing. I have drank next week is Red Stripe. Yes. I have drank Red Stripe. I've drank more than my share of Red Stripe in Jamaica. Oh, I've drank so many in Jamaica. And I made it. I drank so many in Jamaica. I made a promise to myself I would never drink it outside of Jamaica. <laughs> I'm breaking that promise for you guys. Owen, have you had the Red Stripe? I have. I have. I had the Red Stripe one time. It was on my 21st birthday. It's a good time uh, to have it. 21st mm-hmm. birthday weekend. So that was I went like two years ago. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> It was actually three years. Um, <laughs> no one likes you when you're 23. <laughs> and uh, I went to the uh, world market up there on 120th and L that L, area. Yeah. L street marketplace. Yeah. 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 Um, and I went to the world market and I thought, you know what? I'm going to try beers from all around the world. <laughs> and red stripe happened to be one of them that I bought. And I, I don't think I liked it, but I finished it. There's, I've, oh, go ahead. We, we, we'll see. We'll see because I've never had, much like Brian, I've never had a red stripe outside of Jamaica. So I have, unfortunately. Oh, I've okay. even had red stripe light, but we'll get into that in the next yeah. episode. I, I have a feeling drinking a red stripe on a beach in Jamaica is completely different than drinking a red stripe in Omaha, Nebraska, uh, you know, in May. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah. And maybe we'll figure out why their bottles look different. Maybe. Oh, maybe. <laughs> We're going to learn about the stubby bottle, the hand grenade. Yeah, the hand they, grenade. Just, they just throw better. <laughs> maybe. For, any, for anyone that is uh, more my age or Brian's age, you may remember the Mickey's hand grenades. Oh, yeah. Put a few of those down. Those are green bottles as well. Those are green bottles. Yeah. <sighs> So maybe maybe for next year, mainstream May 2021, we will do uh, Mickey's. That's all liquor, man. Oh, oh, <laughs> not that bad. They're not that bad. Or we should do an all ice mainstream. Bud ice and bud ice, natty ice. Oh, oh god, yeah. We can get real nasty with it if you want to. Oh, we could. Yeah. Cool. All right. <laughs> you can't even say it you're so I wanna, excited i want to say i want oh my gosh I, I want you to say let's go to a frat party so bad brian we're not going anywhere for a while let's go to a frat party <laughs> thank you for listening to a beer with atlas special thanks to our brand team for producing the show each episode of a beer with atlas is powered by atlas medstaff an industry leader in travel healthcare staffing